0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your host, Bridget Spackman.
1: And Michelle Emerson. And we're here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher.
0: This time of the year means you're being pulled in multiple directions. In this episode, we have some time-saving activities for you to insert into your lesson plans and help save your sanity.
1: But first, we're going to hear how other people are wasting their time. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But we are going to share a time-sucking hurdle. This is from a top teacher. I've recently changed grade levels, and I feel like a first-year teacher. I'm always reinventing the wheel, and it's exhausting. I don't like feeling like I'm in survival mode. There are still 131 days of school left. I just need to find some balance. Bridget, thoughts?
0: I mean, moving to different grade levels is really challenging. You really do feel like a first-year teacher all over again. And I know, Michelle, you moved from second grade to fourth grade. Mm -hmm. I moved from kindergarten to fourth. It's just... It's hard, so you have to remind yourself to go easy. Find a handful of activities that you can go back to again and again and again. There is nothing wrong with pulling out things that you've already done and reusing them for a different lesson. This will give you some winners that you know that you can reuse for lots of different areas while also feeling successful as a teacher.
1: Yeah, I've had to remind myself A lot lately, just in all areas, like keep it simple. I feel like we tend to overthink things, including our lessons, and we make them in a way that they require so much prep and so many materials obviously this time of year, like we don't have energy for that. So my Mm -hmm. biggest piece of advice would be to plan easy activities that don't require prep, which we're going to share some in this episode. We've got your back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we sure do. So we have six time-saving activities that require minimal materials. Guys, we're talking like you can use like any of these activities the next day inside of your classroom that don't require any thought or preparation on your part. These are just blessings
1: from the sky during this time of the year. Yeah. And we're going to just be super snappy with it because we want you to be able to listen to this podcast quickly and then start implementing them. So number one, one of my personal favorites, is a snowball fight. All you need is paper with either questions or prompts. You can... Handwrite it on pieces of paper, or you can print it out, or you could even have your students help you. You know, you could give each student a piece of paper and have them write a different word, or a different problem, or a different question on it. How it then works is your students will crumple up their paper so it looks like a little snowball, but it's obviously made out of paper. Then you will have your students kind of position themselves around the room. This is perfect for social distancing, and you will set a timer and Your students will be able to like pick up the balls and throw them. I do recommend having like parameters. So for example, no headshots, Uh, make sure they understand like their goal is not to hurt their classmates. They're just gently throwing the balls. But after the timer ends, they have to pick up like whatever ball is closest to them and complete that problem. So a few ideas for using this. It's perfect if you're working on skip counting, which I know even in fourth grade, we were still working on skip counting, like with different increments of numbers. And that's great because you could reuse the papers again and again, and each time they pick it up, they just add the next number, which would be fantastic because it would take up lots of time. Obviously, you can use it with math problems, and once again, you could reuse the same snowballs. So after the students solve the problem, they're going to crumple it back up, throw it around again pick up a new one, and they have to solve the problem using a different strategy. So it's really causing them to be flexible in their thinking. You could use it with like different character traits. So maybe you have the different characters' names each on a different piece of paper, and when the students pick it up, they have to add a character trait for that character on the paper. You also could use it for vocabulary for any subject they could, maybe it could be like a four square type of thing. So maybe the first time they pick it up, they have to write the definition. Then they have to write synonyms. Then they have to use it in a sentence. Then they have to draw a picture. So you could truly adapt this activity to work for like any subject area.
0: Yeah, I always love this time of the year just to do some of those snowball fights because the kids get so excited and they're mm-hmm. really, really engaged with it. So, and you're
1: like, haha, suckers, it's actually really easy for me. I know, I <laughs> Don't say I that to your
0: students, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but you're thinking it the entire time. You're like, oh, this is like the best kind of activity. And you could do it multiple times because they mm-hmm. love to replay these games. Like, mm-hmm. love, love, love them. Yep. Okay, So the next time-saving activity that we have for you is called dot art. Guys, I love me some good dot art because it just is so quiet inside of my classroom and it takes students forever to finish this. (laughs) So the materials for dot art is going to be just any type of construction paper. I've used cardstock. You can use colored paper. Whatever you have inside of your closet is what you can use. You're going to need Q-tips and then some form of paint. And then um, I would recommend having some of those little Dixie cups that are really small that you can Mm. give for each student so that they can place their little paint and Q-tips inside of. So the activity overall is basically that you're giving students a shape of something. It can be a leaf shape, a snowflake, it can be a snowman, it can be whatever type of weather, uh, like a Christmas tree type shape, any shape that you can think of, you give them that shape cut out or you can have them cut it out, which is way easier. And it's also good practice for them because even in fourth, fifth and sixth grade, it baffles me that my students don't know how to use scissors and cut things correctly. So they need all the practice they can get y'all. So you can have students cut it out themselves and then basically they spend this quiet period where they are taking their Q-tips, dipping it inside of their paint and then creating these little dots all over filling up their cutout paper. It is fantastic for something that you need to have as a filler, especially when you're starting to get towards the end of the the like December time because you don't necessarily want to start a new instructional lesson or you just need something just to make them quiet. <laughs> like I completely understand that I've lived those moments. So this is something that you
1: can do with pretty much anything and the kids love it. I feel like that would even be great for a sub because it's a craft but it's an easy craft, you yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I have, um, as we're we're recording this, this, there is is a day uh, words are struggling to come out of my mouth this morning, but there's a day where I and my other two teacher partners have to be gone for Mm, the entire mm -hmm. day because we have parent-teacher conferences. So as a Mac team, we have conferences all together. And because we have an entire class, like an extra class more than everyone else, Um, And we do all of the conferences together. They give us an extra day. So Mm. this Thursday, I'm like, "Mm, Dot Art sounds like it's gonna be a winner (laughs) for that sub,
1: (laughs) and it would keep the kids busy, which is what every sub wants. All right, idea number three does not have a fancy name, but I'm calling it Fire Independent Work. (laughs) All you need for this is a projector and internet access. Although technically you don't even need internet access, I'm gonna come back to that. All this is your students are doing some sort of independent work and you are projecting a fireplace, like a video of a fireplace or a video of a campfire. Now, the why I said you don't necessarily need internet access is because technically you could download the video and have it just sitting on your computer or device and play it at any time. But regardless, this is so good for like silent reading. I guarantee you, your students are going to be more willing to read and sit quietly while they read if you have the video of the fire going. There's just something magical about it. I would always turn off my lights and then I would say to my students, they could find a comfy spot. They would all come up to the carpet, like, right in front of the projector as if they're sitting by the fire. And then there's always that, like, class clown who's like, oh, Mrs. Emerson, it's getting hot in here. I got to (laughs) take off my sweatshirt. (laughs) But you also could do this as like a buddy class reading. So we would always buddy up with another grade level. So fourth grade would always buddy up with second grade. And we would try to incorporate those students into activities like a few times throughout the year. So leading up to winter break, we always love to do like a buddy class reading. So the second graders would come to my classroom and I would partner them up with one of my fourth graders and they would just read together. And it was very, very sweet because, you know, the fourth graders are like helping the second graders and I would put on the fire. But you could do this for any independent work or activity, even the dot art. okay you can combine them if you want. (laughs) Any other like holiday crafts that you're doing. If you're doing a read aloud, like especially after recess, if you're outside and it's cold and you come in and you're going to do a read aloud with your students, like put on the fire and have them like come sit, you know, to listen to your read aloud. It's just glorious. And again, it takes zero prep, but your students are totally into it.
0: Yeah. It's all about the vibes and the kids really dig mm-hmm. it. Like whenever you completely change the entire vibe of your classroom with something as simple as this, they're they're into it, which is always wonderful. I love putting those on yeah. my projector. <laughs> like I just have them constantly
1: I remember when I taught second grade, it was my first time doing it, and I had a video of like a campfire. And you know, it's just like the steady fire, and the, the video was like three hours long. Yeah. At one point, like a person came in to like, like pick the fire, like kind of move the logs around, and my kids were all like, oh my gosh, like there's a real person, and they felt like it was like a live video, and so I kind of convinced them that it was. But still, it, it was just hilarious watching how enthralled with this person poking the fire they were. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, so activity
0: number four is going to be a spinoff of Boggle. Is that how you say it, Michelle? Yes, Boggle? Boggle. Okay. It's a spinoff of it. I didn't understand what Boggle was. Michelle kindly <laughs> informed me what it was. And I'm like, all right. I was just going to think it's like pap- like letters on a paper. <laughs> so here's going to be what you need. You need to have paper with printed or written letters on each one. Now, you're going to, in just a second, when I explain this to you, you're going to have specific letters that you uh, need to fill out, either a word or a phrase. And you want the letters to cover the entire page. So you want them to be pretty big because students are going to be using them to kind of display in the front of the classroom. So here's what you do. The activity is basically where you have a word or a phrase that you kind of start with and you will hand out each of those uh, letters that you come up with on your individual sheets of paper to the students inside of your classroom. Now you can have some kids participate, some kids are standing up, other kids are stand- sitting down, or you can have the whole class participate, but you're going to have to kind of figure out like where are you going to have all of your um, letters so that everybody can see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't even need even- have to have your students hold them up. I think it's a little more fun when you're able to kind of manipulate and move them around so that they can kind of create words. Um, but the idea is that you start with a word or phrase. So I'm thinking like happy holidays because it's the time of the year. So happy holidays. So I would have an H on an individual page, an A, a P, P, Y, and so I would have all these letters. You would pass them out and then students have to create as many words as possible. It is so much fun. You can talk about vocabulary, you could talk about word study, um, word spellings, like anything that you can kind of think of with that, this activity, it is so so much fun for kids. And they really challenge themselves to come up with as many words as possible. So you can have it as a competition where maybe you even just display the letters up on your board instead of handing them out. And the kids can be in teams and they can try to come up with as many as possible. Whichever team has the most words is like the winner. And you could always give them like a sticker or a candy, whatever it is that you choose, a new pencil whatever it might be, but it's just that extra element to it. So it's really meant for, um, you know, practicing either spelling words, looking at word patterns. You can use this for different holidays. So one that we've previously done was Halloween. So we had the word Halloween and we passed out each of the letters to the word Halloween and the kids had to come up with new ones. So there's so many different ways that you can do this. You can have one for New Year. You can have one that says Kwanzaa. You can have one that says Easter like you can pull in all different types of um, holidays and traditions that you want to pull into there for your students to have a discussion about. So you can create the list independently, create it as a whole group, or like I said, do it with teams. And I think the kids um, really enjoy this. And this is great
1: practice when when it comes to just spelling words in general. You know what I thought about as you were describing that, Bridget, we used to actually do this in fourth grade for American Education Week because parents would come in and we're like, okay, we don't want the pressure on us. We want the kids doing an activity. So we would break our kids into groups and we would give them letters that spelt out American Education Week. And they had to do the same thing, find as many words as possible. And then any parents that came in, they would join that group. And I thought about, here's another way to kind of tie it in to like math, for example. You know how in Scrabble, each letter has a different value point? You could do that. So when you print out the letters, it has the number of points. And so then... For each word they create, they also have to find like the total, like how much it's worth. Stop. And then for their, the different like rewards, you could do not only like who came up with the most words, who came up with the longest, who came up with the one worth the most points. Like it expands it even further. Oh my gosh. I love that idea so much. I am
0: definitely going to be doing that. Go us. <laughs> <laughs> we have such look at that. That
1: was just right off the cuff, guys. We yep. were just throwing ideas out. <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on to number five. This is gonna be a classroom management idea, which we all need so desperately as it gets oh, close man, to the holidays. So desperate. <laughs> so build a snowman is what I am titling this. All you need is like a poster or even a whiteboard, essentially. You can come up with maybe specific behaviors you're really looking for, like things your students are struggling with. Maybe they're calling out. So when they can go a certain amount of time without calling out, oh, I'm getting Billy is editing our grocery list, uh, which means go that
0: Billy. He, yeah, he
1: is out grocery shopping. So I'm just gonna <laughs> turn on do not disturb on my computer. Okay, moving on. So <laughs> you can either look for targeted behaviors or you can keep it very general, but each time the students are doing what they're supposed to be doing, they get to add a piece to the snowman. So it's almost like hangman, but a positive spin on it. And if you wanted to, you could even, uh, instead of just, oh, they get a part of the snowman when they're doing the right thing, you could make it like hangman where they are trying to guess like a word or a phrase, kind of like what Bridget mentioned last time, it could be related to that holiday. And if they get the word correct, they get to, or if they get the letter, they get to also add to the snowman, or you could do it like hangman, whatever, up to you. But uh, a couple of ideas, you can have your students pick a prize. So something that they're working towards. So once their snowman is finished, they get to complete that prize. So whether it's watching a movie, my students always loved doing directed drawings. There's a ton of, of free ones on YouTube. You could do like a class lunch bunch or even a fun activity like an escape room. Don't worry, there's digital ones where you don't have to do a lot of work to prep for it. (laughs) And then they're going to earn those pieces through their good behavior. And it's just something different to kind of change it up. I feel like sometimes classroom management gets kind of stagnant. And even though you don't want to change it up all the time because that becomes confusing for students, I do feel like that time between like Thanksgiving break and winter break is the perfect time to kind of give them a new insight that they're working toward. And you can literally just draw the pieces on your board. Like you don't have to do anything to prep for it. And then let your students name your snowman. Like, that makes it even more fun.
0: Oh, that's cute. I really like that. No, I completely agree. This time of the year, we have to have everything that's going to help us just to kind of bring down the excitement, but then also still keep this excitement up because yeah. you don't want, you know what I mean? You, you have don't to want to like, the ruin mischief. that time of the year. Exactly. Like you want them to have fun. You want them to enjoy this time of the year, but at the same time you're like, I just need to like preserve my sanity or else I'm not going to come back in January. (laughs) (laughs) Just telling you. Um, okay. So the last thing that we have for you, as far as a time saver activity is going to be playing a game of critic. So Michelle, have you ever heard of this game? I I had had. not
1: before you told me about it.
0: (laughs) Okay. So it was interesting. I think I learned this game back when I was in, um, like my internship. And then I kind of have been hooked to it ever since. And I love, love, love this activity. So this is a game of critic. Now, uh, basically what you need to have is whiteboard space and some dry erase markers. That's it. You don't need anything else, which is absolutely fantastic. So here's how the game works. Um, You kind of explain to students what a critic is, because a lot of kids don't really understand what a critic is. And so we talk about like, oh, you give movie reviews, or they go and like try foods, and then they give their opinion and they they review it. And so this is going to be the same idea, but we don't want them to know who their peers are that are going up to the whiteboard. So we say that whoever the critic is, and usually I just like pull a popsicle stick, and that's going to be the person who goes to the back. That child would then take a chair and they will face the back of the classroom. So their back is to the board. And so as a teacher, I will have about four different, three or four different dry erase markers, and I will walk around the classroom and it is completely quiet because again, we don't want the critic to know who it is that's up to the board because then that's going to be biased, right? They're going to pick their best friend. So we try to like limit the bias as much as possible. So this is a great opportunity is to have these conversations with kids. So then we, um, I will pass out the three or four dry erase markers, and then those students will go up to the board. And the board is numbered one, two, three or one, two, three, four, depending on how many kids you have up there. And then I will say, "Okay, I want you to draw your very best uh, snowman and they draw their very best snowman. You give them about about a minute. I don't want them to take too long because some of them will try to be up there forever. I was going to say, do you time
1: it or because, (laughs) yeah, you're going to have Picasso up there like finding oh, their new period in their artistic life and it's oh man not it, yes
0: trust me I have that class that is like super artistic and it's like all right we got to kind of wait we, we're, we're on a time crunch here <laughs> <laughs> so um we give them about a minute and then they draw it and they go and take the seat and they hand me back their markers once all of the kids have taken a seat then I will say okay critic I want you to stand up and turn around um, and choose which one is your very best snowman and so then the critic will turn around. The kids are all giggling because some of these like drawings are so funny and they're (laughs) a hot mess. Uh, but then they will draw, they will pick the person either one, two, three, or one, two, three, four. They will choose their number. And then that person then becomes the critic. And then that person will go to the back. The other person will sit down and you start the game all over again. Now, a really fun twist is that you can, um, kind of tie in some academics here. So if you want to just to make it fun, I typically will just make it fun and I will choose um, words or, you know, drawings that are around that time of the year. So like a leaf, a pumpkin, you know, a scarecrow. And then during, you know, the holidays times, I would say a tree, a snowman, all these other, you know, things that you can kind of come up with that are a little bit more themy but you can also tie vocabulary words into it. So let's say you have certain vocabulary words that you want students to kind of create an image of. You can pull some of those out and then students have to understand the meaning of that word and how to represent that word in images, which is really fun. Um, You might even have, um, I don't know, Michelle, you're a math person. You could probably tie it into math by giving them some form of like, I want you to give me the sum of, you know, something and they have to come up with their very best problem or maybe write a word problem or something to that extent. That's pretty simple, sweet, and to the point. So there's so many different ways that you can tie it. The kids really enjoy it. And I love it just because it's quiet in my classroom. So I'm all about finding those quiet activities, as you can tell. Um, But I, I love it. And
1: I play it every single year. Yeah, maybe for math, like just off of the top of my head, Whenever we would have a complex word problem, one of the first things I wanted my students to do is like, just think about what the problem's actually saying, right? Like draw a picture to represent it so you have an idea. So maybe you like read the problem, then you do a game of critic where they have to like draw a representation of the problem, and then you go into like actually solving it. It would only take Mm. a couple of minutes, but I don't know.
0: I don't know. No,
1: I like that. (laughs) That's a good little twist to it. Okay, so let's review those six ideas that we shared with you. Number one, we had the snowball fight. All you need is paper and then problems to write on it. Number two is dot art. All you need is paper, Q-tips, and some paint, and then maybe some little cups to hold the paint. Number three is video of fireplace, or I think I called it like fire independent work. For that, you just need a projector and then a video of a fireplace or a campfire. Number four is a spinoff of boggle. So all you need are the letters of the words that you're gonna have your students try to move around and make words out of. Number five is build a snowman. You just need a poster or dry erase board to be able to build the snowman on. And then finally, number six is critic. All you need is some whiteboard space and you are ready to go.
0: I feel like this was a very different um, podcast recording for us, but we also really wanted to make sure that during this time of the year that we're keeping it light, we're keeping it fun, but we're also helping you inside of the classroom as far as like saving some of that time. And I know coming up with activities that you're trying to engage with your students that are going to be exciting and build up some of that, you know, engagement and, and rigor and keep up that rigor inside of the classroom is, is typically pretty difficult. So because of this time of the year, we, we really wanted to kind of support you guys in coming up with some of these uh, lessons that you can take back and immediately put into your classroom. So Thank you all so much for listening. We would love it if you would check out our website and submit your TSH. We wanna know what is your time-sucking hurdle for this time of the year. We would also love if you would subscribe to the podcast so that you are notified every time we drop our next episode, which is on Thursday mornings. And make sure to leave us a review over on iTunes. We really enjoy hearing your thoughts on the podcast and it really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. So until next time, be timely, stay
1: organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.